Good morning. Welcome to Jesus and Coffee with Pastor Tom, where we have a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus, and we are talking about Jesus this morning in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 through 9. So let's jump right in and see what Scripture has to say today. All right, so uh, verse 8 and 9. Now remember, I said that uh, 1 John, kind of, kind of in a sermon format, it's somewhat poetic. Um, John is somewhat repeating himself in many different ways. It's like he's weaving together this one big central idea. He's combating this false teaching in the church that you can sin and live in sin and still be saved and honor God. And that's a lie. That is not the truth. God's word does not teach that. Jesus did not teach that. Um, and so he continues here. So let's read verse 8 and 9 and uh, discuss it. So verse 8 says, Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. For God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning, because he has been born of God. So John is being very, he's getting way more direct in, in the point that he's trying to make. Um, he's been saying this ever since chapter 1. If you're living in sin, you, you are not saved. If you are fighting and battling the temptations of sin, even though you may fail at times, but you're fighting it and you're battling, that is evidence that you are a Christian, Okay. And the things that mark a Christian apart from a non-Christian is the practice of sinning, whether you are practicing sinning or not. And the difference between being a sinner and failing at times and practicing sinning is there's no conviction. There's no repentance for those who practice sin. There's no concern about honoring God. They may say they believe in God. Hey, they may even go to church. But when they hear truth and they hear God's word saying, this is wrong, you can't do this, they ignore it and they just don't care. They still live in that sin anyway and try to make up the excuse that, well, God for, God will forgive me. God will just forgive me and everything. And that is true. But with that type of attitude, that's not an attitude that wants to please and honor God. And if that's your heart and that's your attitude, then it's evidence that maybe you don't know the love of God. You haven't been through a transformation that every Christian goes through when they taste and see that the Lord is good through the gospel, through the gospel message. So whoever makes this practice of sinning is of the devil because that's how Satan lives. That's how he lives his life is he practices sinning. The whole, listen, listen this is important. This is a theological argument right here. Okay, this is a really good argument against this false teaching. The reason Jesus, the Son of God here, appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. The point of Jesus coming and living a perfect life and dying on the cross was to overcome sin, to pull people out of sin and into a way of living righteously. And as Christians, we're supposed to be trying to mimic Jesus. Jesus lived a perfect life. We can't do it. We need him to live a perfect life so that that is placed upon us. 
But we also need to be striving to live good lives, righteous lives, lives that reflect the way Jesus lived. That should be what we're wanting to do. Those, that is the mark of a Christian. And if you don't care about that and you ignore God's word and you just accept and embrace sin because you think that um, more people are going to like you or you don't want opposition from the culture because they approve of something and you know God's word doesn't, then you, you need to rethink and reevaluate your walk with God. Because here's the thing, Jesus said the world's going to hate you. They hated me, they're going to hate you. So the world wants to, to sin, okay? Those who reject God, they're going to want to sin and embrace sinful things and try to paint a picture of those things as being okay and as righteous in, in themselves. And they're going to paint Christians and this image and this idea that Christians are mean and cruel and hateful because they don't approve of those sins. But Jesus said that's going to happen. He promised that we were going to be persecuted for following him and honoring him first. Uh, but what's more important is that we honor God over honoring people. Proving God's approval is more important than man's approval. Okay, That's eternal. God's approval is eternal. Man's approval is temporary. And honoring him is more important regardless of the outcome. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning. Therefore, if you are practicing sinning, you're not born of God. You are a friend of the devil. You are living like Satan does, okay? When you have Christ in your life, his seed abides in you and you cannot keep on sinning. This seed that's being talked about here is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ. It is God himself. The Holy Spirit is righteous and pure. Okay, the Holy Spirit has no sin in it. So the Holy Spirit is going to constantly be encouraging you to not sin, to, to not practice sin, but to fight it and to battle it and to push away from it. And if you have no inclination and no desire and no conviction to battle sin, and there are sins you're just living in and embracing, even though God's word speaks against it, then you need to rethink, do I even have the Holy Spirit living in me? Because one of the marks of a true Christian, a follower of Christ, someone who's in the family of God and born of God, is the Holy Spirit is active in their life, working in and through them. And that's what John is saying here. No one, no one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. The Holy Spirit's in him. He cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. It's not, it's not mathematically possible. Okay, The equation doesn't work that way. The math equation, the spiritual math equation here, is that if you have God, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have surrendered to him, you will not continue to practice sinning. You will not live in sin. You may fail and fall into sin, but you will not live and approve of it and just embrace it. They can't go hand in hand. That is the simple point that John is making here. So we need to take sin seriously as Christians. We need to recognize it. Make sure we are grasping it and see it clearly and make sure that we are combating it and fighting it. That should be a serious thing for us. And if we see sin in the life of fellow believers, okay, people who are supposed to be following Christ, and they're failing in it, 
We need to help them fight it as they fight it. And if they are giving approval of it, we need to confront them on that if we love them. If you care about someone and they're doing something that's going to harm themselves, then the, the loving thing to do is to go to them and confront them with what they're doing. If you don't, then that means you don't care, right? If you genuinely love this person, you're going to confront them and, and tell them, look, what you're doing is hurting you. It's harmful to you for all eternity. You need to repent of this and turn to the Lord. And Christians need to start taking this more seriously. There's too, too much, too much going on in the church today of sweeping these things under the rug. Too many pastors in the pulpit that are ignoring the discussion of sin. Too many pastors are ignoring sin as it creeps into their congregations because they don't want to deal with opposition. They don't want to deal with issuing church discipline. Church discipline is a biblical thing. Is sometimes it is necessary. I absolutely hate having to issue church discipline. And I have had to do it on very, very few occasions. But it is necessary. Otherwise, sin creeps into your church and corrupts. One bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. You must, you must come in contact with this sin. And you must cleanse your church of it. You must seek to do that to remain pure, to reflect the glory of God, to, to make a stand on truth and not allow sin to grow and fester and run rampant. And this can be in any forms of sin. There is no room for it in your body of believers. Your leadership, one of their most important jobs, is to constantly be keeping an eye out for people and, and things going on within the church where sin can creep in and take root and take hold in the lives of people. That is our job as spiritual leaders. That is our job as fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in each other's life. We should crave that. We should want that for each other because we all are striving to be more like Jesus, and we must hold each other accountable to be more like Christ because Satan's going to do everything he can to drive a wedge between us and God. And the way you do that is you bring sin into the life of a person and you convince them that it's okay. It's okay to practice that sin. God's all right with it. You're not doing anything wrong. God forgives you. Live in that sin. Be happy. That's what he wants for the people in the church. That's what he wants churches to do. And we must be vigilant to raise a defense against that mindset. All right, thank you for joining me today. Continue to seek first the kingdom of God. Take care, stay blessed. I'll see you again tomorrow. Bye.